made me appreciate those two three dollar bundle star purchases that i made yeah the bundles are great i love that place it's 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 almost some there it's hit and miss a lot of times but it also exposes you to a lot of developers that usually you wouldn't you wouldn't you know come across mainstream so yeah. uh actually their bundles have been i like to find those little you no know, little uh <laughs> diamond roughs kind of games you know and i find they have a lot of those little ones like oh yeah i heard about that a lot of the a lot of them are man i wish i would have played this game a long time ago when it first came out you know <laughs> yeah like so. i bought uh rise uh son of rome from the stars as i remember you did yeah what i did just you, played it what'd you think i liked it Really, I do too, and I hear so many people. Well, not a, well, a majority of people just always talk smack about it. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I thought it was a beautiful game. You know, it's it's linear, but um, I, I definitely see potential from that particular studio to hopefully take that same mechanic and same engine and branch out, and maybe do something a little bit more expansive, sandboxy, maybe. Yeah, I, you know what? I actually liked it. Even you know, okay. So like, Crytek made Crisis, right? They're the developer yeah. in the original Far Cry, if I'm not mistaken. And then they make this very strange combat action game that's much more similar to Bayonetta than first-person shooter stuff. It's actually really, really solid. I was surprised by how solid it was. But it, but the PC version is terribly optimized in every way. Yes, it's that's that's bad. that's the version I played. Yeah, it's really bad. Sometimes it loads. Sometimes the loading screen takes five minutes, and then it starts going at hyperspeed for no reason. And then uh, eventually it just it just pops up normal, like it's fine. Then other times it just crashes. <laughs> well, I, I was hearing that upon its initial release, so I, I kind of pulled back and decided not to make that purchase but uh, I waited for it to patch out I don't know if the latest patch uh, is as of today but I think I bought it probably towards the tail end of the last patch or somewhere somewhere around there uh, that seemed like I, I probably ran into one problem and that was it and I was maxing everything up so hopefully if you if you were making the decision to purchase that it probably would be safe i'd say you know read the reviews do your usual research but yeah my uh, machine is like four years old so the fact that i got it to run at all is you know it's funny you said that because i I run across a lot of people who have that four or five year old range pcs and i don't hear anybody really complaining about it I, i think with you know consoles and the way that the graphics are now uh, there was such a, 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 a void of, you know, PC was always going to be the master race during Xbox and, you know, PS3. <laughs> but PS4 and Xbox One, they closed that gap. So it's almost like, uh, and this is coming from a hardcore old school PC gamer, master race guy who 
finally broke down and sold his soul to the devil and got a console. And <laughs> I, I've never regretted doing it since. So, But there's a story behind that, actually, because I broke my leg. And being a PC gamer, keyboard, mouse, can't sit in chair, didn't want to use a controller, you know, die-hard keyboard and mouse guy. And my, my buddy came over and brought the PS3. He's like, man, you're miserable. Here, just sit down and play this. And we played uh, Army of Two together, co-op. And that was my first real experience with it being, you know, falling in love with the console. I came from Nintendo, Super NES and stuff like that. But I also grew up with Tandy systems where you, know, you had cartridges and you had to, you hooked it up to your TV, Atari 2600 and stuff like that. So. You know, to, I, I fell back in love with consoles again. And I don't think they're, you know, I, I've become less of a PC master race guy and just appreciated more of the fine tuning that console brings to the, you know, to play. I've really learned to appreciate that. Cause some, you know, you get, you, you see gamers, sometimes you get tired of having to tweak it out all the time. Some people thrive on it. Yeah, I don't you know? enjoy it personally, but for the price, I'm not complaining. It's also time-consuming thing. Some people, after a long day of work or school, whatever the case may be, they just want to come home and just jump on and start playing. And if you've got, you know, depending on what you're wanting to play, sometimes you have to tweak this. You have to tweak things on your operating system, too, you know. It, so there's a lot that goes into it. Sometimes I just want to sit on the couch, turn the PS4 on, and just, you know, not worry about it. So. You know, I think it's mostly that I haven't... Uh thing is, I still play, like, console games on PC most of the time, so I end up, those games aren't really that I, yeah. intensive in the graphics department for the most part, like, <coughs> Dark Souls 2, like, plays 60 right. frames per second max settings on, like, any old piece of junk, <laughs> which is great, because I really couldn't care less how it looks, but, uh, yeah, so... The only reason I play PC stuff is just because it happens to be more convenient with the way I work and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, playing the console, it was a matter of convenience. And it's really, I'm glad it was one that I finally jumped on. It's just, um, I don't know if I'm getting lazier or <laughs> I just appreciate the uh, simplicity of how it works. Yeah. So. Plus the developer gets to provide the optimal experience straight right. away without any <coughs> things, problems, whatever. I mean, games are more complex, but consoles make it a lot easier to just optimize for the one box. Right, right. So, I, I, I'm glad they're both the, the sides are now in my world, you know, whereas I was before choosing one or the other. Yeah, so, I've, I've, come, I've come to peace with my PC Master Race mentality that I used to have. I'm, you know, not converted, but just changed, I guess you could say. <laughs> you love all them things. And yes. I am with 12 games. <laughs> yes. But I'm telling you, that's a whole nother podcast beside itself. I'm, I promise you. <laughs> uh, all right. So shall we begin? Let's start. Or did we Do already it. begin? Uh, yeah, we probably did. That that's a bad habit of mine. I just <clears throat> listen. This happens I, to us all the time. So don't worry. I, I get in trouble uh, just playing, you know, multiplayer games, uh, CS:GO or whatever the case. It could be anything. And people are like, Sean, would you please stop talking to us like you're podcasting? We need you to actually focus, <laughs> focus. Uh, my Destiny group. 
they're it's like that yeah okay, they're so almost like you know what? i'm just gonna introduce people right now okay brandon you're brandon brandon ball z brandon ball z <laughs> you're now a frequent contributor on tgu and sean key you do run a website correct well i uh, no, no i don't run it i I'm, we it's it's a uh it's we all jump in we all work on different things because we we really unfortunately we don't have a lot of people but we have a very close-knit group of guys who are really dedicated christians and love the lord and love christ and um i've had some of the most amazing conversations with some of these guys and it's a pleasure and um we've recently had a changing of the guard so there's been a lot of changes and we've asked for prayers make sure that you know whatever additions or subtractions that we make that um hopefully you know it'll be something that we're you know that will be made with the spirit of the lord and uh, on our hearts so you probably you know, should mention the name of the website christian gaming <laughs> Com. We've had a very long introduction. Thank you for being yeah. on the show. Yeah, we have. I'm, we're just going to jump in. Start. Have we started? Are we starting? Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. starting. Sure. Yeah, it's almost over. Christian-gamer.com. Please, please go over there. We got some. We got some really exciting things we uh, are planning and and working on. We uh, we're going to have. Uh, we're, Working out a couple of details on our um, what we're going to call the Epic Return podcast after not having some on there for a long time now, so we're we're getting pretty excited. Please support us. Uh, we love you guys, so we're definitely going to be supporting theology game as much as possible. You know, and likewise, absolutely. Gaming.com. Yep. See, now we're doing things in reverse because usually we do the shameless self-promotion after the podcast, but. No, it, it, you know, it's it's not as much of a promotion as it is, you know, just what I've been really into and a part of. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure that I could, I, well, I try to share. It's it's changed my life as far as my dedication to Christ. It's gave me something to focus, you know. It's a ministry. I feel that uh, as a one YouTube video that I watched not too long ago, somebody, uh, uh, I think you guys might know him, we were talking about eldership and how he was running a, <clears throat> running a, um, a shop that sold mostly magic stuff and um, how the, he was approached about, you know, his Tom, business. Mr. Thomas his yeah, Thomas Central. Herschel. Yeah, Thomas. And um, that Thomas is really, that that was really the, the one video that really uh, helped me start to focus more and dedicate, <laughs> you know, more to the ministering side uh, of gaming than just, you know, just something to do as a hobby i wanted to put the two greatest hobbies that i know together you know and um so that's kind of that's kind of the position that i've been since i've been working with gaming uh christian gaming mag uh, website it's an awesome thing it really is i give i tell anybody if you have an opportunity to uh be a part of the christian gaming community please do there's not enough people you know there's definitely not enough people so yeah we're, we're growing though we're getting there. So anyway, what what we really wanted to talk about tonight on the gaming <laughs> podcast is Brandon's twelve Steam games that he has. Yeah, yeah this is just sad. This is actually an intervention. Brandon, <laughs> what is going on? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I am, I am so sorry for myself and for you guys. I'm. You realize really how sorry. cheap games are on Steam? I know. Like I said, I bought Fallout New Vegas two years ago. I haven't even installed it. It was like two bucks. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy it, and I haven't played it. And half of those games are the, the orange box, which I bought at full price, I think. 
Well, you did buy Mushehime-sama, which makes me happy. Yes, and that is great. Hey, Brandon, that is for, fantastic. Folks, for folks who, who may not know, tell them what the orange box is. The orange box, it was the Half-Life 2 collection where it came with Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Episode 2, Lost Coast, uh, Team Fortress 2, and Portal. Does, so, anyone, does anyone but me see the irony in this? They're technically all the same game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my library counts them as different, so I got that going for me. Oh, wow. He counts DLC as separate games, too. So. Oh, really? Oh, this makes it even worse, then. <laughs> okay, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's 12 But if it did, that would be hilarious. 10, 11. Oh, yeah, because I'm actually only looking at 11 right now, but okay, we're just going to say 12 and give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> 9, 10. Yeah, it counts DLC, some DLC as a, It counts the Mushihime Sam original soundtrack as a game, too. Of course it does. Oh, course. Well, and then we can go with this. So, besides the 50 hours I've put into Skyrim on there, there's under 10 hours for the rest of the 11 games combined, probably. Wow. Yeah. You are surprising everyone. Wait, no. Okay, Borderlands 2 has 20 hours. Yeah, wh when were you playing Borderlands 2? Uh, let's see. Probably f three years ago. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it was one of those that we flew through. We had a couple people who had it, and we just flew through, played the multiplayer, and then like, oh, okay, we're done. Yeah, I, I guess that's kind of how I've been with Diablo and Borderlands and such. Just the, the gear grind doesn't... Oh, I'm horrible at Diablo. I play it and I get like to the point of where I'm somewhat good at the tier they have, and then I stop playing. And by the time I go back, my character's awful because of all the stuff they've added. Huh. So I, have I, re I have restarted Borderlands so many times. I, I don't know what it is. I just you, I, I start playing, and it's like you said, it's the grind, and er it, you know everything's nice. It's great getting all those drops. It's just something about it. Eventually, you just get burned out on it. And um, which is kind of speaking of, I started to feel that way with Destiny until Taken King came out, and it's kind of like, well, okay, this is a little bit, you know, different. This will make it a little bit more interesting. And I got into it, and I got to forty, and I was done. Uh, I, you know, it's just it's one of those games that uh, it's you if you really finish it out i think it's something that you're you're dedicated to that type of mechanic you're dedicated to that type of game but you know I, for me it's just a just something that i really want to be able to finish but i just get so burned out on it just get really tired of it you know you know, you know the loot grind i think that the loot grind is something that doesn't work in certain genres like in first person shooters i guess they've been trying to make this whole thing like you kill enemies, you collect loot, and you make guns and stuff. They tried to make it as cool as an MMO version of, like, putting on armor and finding weapons, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't have the same core appeal. Because in an FPS, you really want, like, your headshots to be your headshots and your, your aim to be completely accurate, but to make it so that the loot means something, then they have to modify the way the right. gameplay works. Right. So you end up having, like, this weird halfway compromise between an RPG and a shooter. It never quite feels right. Well, and like with Destiny, too, the way that they're 
selling it off before it came out like the hype surrounding it was just huge and what they were talking about what they were going to do and what actually happened when it originally came out turned a lot of people off now they've done a good job of turning the ship around like every update that they've done everybody's like said that it just keeps getting better but i just can't make that kind of commitment like i always tell my friends i'm like i'm not going to get this game because i'll play with you for a month and then i'll put it down and start playing something else and never return listen the the talk around destiny was when it was released was depressing absolutely depressing i've it, it was almost it, it wasn't a i don't know if it was a critical thing as much as it was i hear people criticizing it but it was like you could hear this hint of just absolute letdown and and just didn't really know it you know there were so, so many uh attempts i felt in trying to bring out all the good things about it but you could just you know it was just so depressed even those things people were talking about were depressing so to sometimes i think you know was the changes is taking king just uh kind of yeah we're kind of sorry guys well, here take this even though we're going to charge you 40 dollars for it it'll make it all better you know i i'd still you know even though i enjoyed it uh, Taken King, that is. It's just almost felt like, you know, $40. Are you guys really, you know, everyone knows the changes that were made. And it was almost like I was paying for an apology that I don't, $40, I, just, That's I, I bit the yeah. bullet because at the time I was really getting into it, but I was kind of like, like the Borderlands thing. I was almost getting tired of the grind, but they're like, one more thing, Taken King. You've got to get it, Sean. You've got to get it. And I bit. And it's almost like they knew I was going to bite on it. And I did. But, you know, I, I wish I hadn't. That, that's the one thing I was really disappointed in. They, I don't feel they should have charged $40 for that. It, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, I've, I look at it from a developer's point of view. I look at it from the game point of view. I would have liked to have seen them maybe come a little bit more halfway on the price. But anyway. I, I kind of regret like spending money on Warlords of Draenor. This the worst yeah. WoW expansion there ever was. So. <laughs> like the worst. Absolute worst. It's so oh, bad. <laughs> I haven't played since Cataclysm. Uh, you're, you're lucky, but you did miss out on Mist of Pandaria. Which is, like, I, I'm favorite. telling you that release, they, it was, they were looking for that last vein to suck the blood out of you that's all they were they knew that there were some people out there that were going to do it i, I think that was just a, a matter of you know trying to appease get that squeeze that last little dollar out you know now we got a movie yeah i'm actually kind of excited about the movie i don't think it looks actually as awful as what i originally thought it would be it looks brandon awful. i <clears throat> it, I'm, I'm i've never been a hardcore World of Warcraft fan. Uh, same thing with Borderlands. Once again, it's the grind factor. It just it, there's so much good stuff. I just can't do it anymore. You know, kids, married, job. You know, it's I, I really don't have time for it. But not to take away from it, uh, I got my whole family to play it. So my I want I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie. <laughs> I love it. What'd you say, Zach? I got my whole family into WoW, so it's really my own fault that I have to start playing it every time a new expansion comes out. I was going to say, so they still play it now? Uh, no. We communally decided around September that since Blizzard wasn't going to produce any new content until the next expansion comes out, we're just going to quit. So. And, but the question is, are these people still members of your family now? Since no, you've done no, 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 they are. They are. <laughs> we, all, we, 
we uh, we find that there's like a point where the content just kind of runs out. Right, right. This happened with, I think, from Mists of Pandaria to Warlords of Draenor, it was uh, 13 months of nothing new. Oh, jeez. So people who are paying for that long are like, yeah, we didn't do that for sure. Sucking it dry. That's exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Looking for that last vein. Oh. Stick that needle in. <laughs> But people keep playing, you know, paying for it, so they're gonna keep charging. Yeah, well, now they don't report subscriber numbers either, so we have no idea how well it's actually done. It's like e frightening. Well, and even bad like numbers for them is still way better than like any other MMO out there. That's true. That's true. That's, I'm, I'm hoping the next expansion's good. That's yeah, like, it's judgment. pretty safe to say it's been tweaked out pretty good at this point. Yeah. I remember when the Old Republic came out, that was one of the reasons why I built my computer. I was like, oh, Star Wars MMO, I'm getting a new computer for it. And I bought a six-month subscription right away, and I was done playing within, like, three or four months. Like, saw everything that I needed to see, and I was done and haven't been back. I think I tried once when it was free to recover my name, and I logged on. I'm like, yeah, I'm done still. Yeah, this is why you don't pre-order subscriptions to things. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson learned, and this is why I don't play MMOs anymore. Well, you know, speaking of tweaking out engines, they they've done. Uh, which, if you're if if you know anything about developing and you know anything about engines, uh, you know that the Hero engine in particular, and I've dealt with it myself, is one of the most frustrating engines to deal with. What game if people, uses the Hero engine? Nice of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I yeah. you know what, I know nothing. about I'm telling you, if you know anything about what what they've done with that hero engine, you know they probably did a, you know, built a lot of their tools and everything in house, and uh, probably did a lot of in house tweaking to it. But that alone, I'm telling you, if people knew how complicated and difficult that engine is to work with, um, they would appreciate that game a lot more. That's speaking from the developer side. So, but they have done a lot of tweaks, and it, it is running really well. I think I've, I've jumped back on lately. Getting uh, get my Star Wars fixed because I can only watch you know those movies you know, so many times before my wife absolutely wants to kill me. So I have to go <laughs> into my my little abode, my office, and to get my little Star Wars fix. And I I've jumped on a couple of times. You know I got a uh, couple of characters that I like to just kind of you know see what some of the features are and things like that. I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm you know I'm very partial to it, but. I had fun playing the game. I, it's not that I didn't. I just know, like, when I quit, I was already maxed out. None of the raids were actually really doing good. There was a bunch of broken quests, like, some that couldn't even be done. And it just right. doing the dailies over and over again, like, the same ones and not really getting much in return for it. It was like, I can take a really long extended break from this for a while. <laughs> That's MMOs in a nutshell for me. Well, just... I, I, I'm in it for the storyline. You know, it's the dailies never bother every now and then. I'm just like, ah, let me just, you know, see what's going on. I'll do one daily or whatever. But uh, nine times out of ten, I'm just playing for the story. That's one of the Bioware reasons. Bioware and Star Wars to me is just, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm going to enjoy it as much as possible. Stories and MMOs are interesting things. And that's what's got me interested in playing Final Fantasy was that 14 at some point. Because I heard for the story aspects, like, it's really good. And that Heaven's Sword or whatever is like a really good expansion they fixed a lot of things i've played final fantasy 14. it's pretty okay <laughs> it's pretty that's, okay that's it's, pretty much any mmo it's like eh. but, but like 
in terms of being like Final Fantasy fan service, yeah, thumbs up. I like Final Fantasy, so yeah, by default, I like. Uh, it. I, you know, they knew that coming out of the gate, so. Yeah, they did a good job of the reboot version of Realm Reborn because the original version was. Oh, <laughs> that's that's yeah. another podcast. I, I think there's probably been several podcasts that cover that for sure. Yeah, it was. It was a bad. It was dark days. Yeah, dark days. You know, level up using fishing and then have nothing to do. Right. That sort of thing. Did anyone play 11? The other online one? I have played 11. Now, like, I always heard that that was bad too, but it had like a really big following and like people just stuck with it until the very end and loved it. Well, it's it's still active. Is it? I, I thought they shut the servers down. I don't know yet. I gotta go look. You know what? It's, it was not a bad game for the time in which it was around. I think during that time there was too many other games around. I, I never, you know, yeah, never really caught interest on it's it. It's in the old model, like pre-WoW MMO right. stuff. So it has a lot of the same things like leveling down when you die and you literally can't do anything unless you have a party of people. Right. That sort of thing. Which has made it really hard to play after playing WoW a long time and then switching over to it. So. Oh, you're right. It looks like it's still up. Yeah, it's been up for a long, long time. Wow. You want to talk about playing bad MMOs? I played EverQuest on PlayStation 2. Oh, you're going to get some hate mail for that one. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that There's it was no bad, but, bad, but <laughs> playing on the PlayStation 2 was a bad idea. That's, that's where <laughs> I'm going with I would that. consider that a bad idea. Did you have a keyboard or anything? No, I used the controller. I thought it was cool, and I had, like, the 56K modem hookup that they had for the PlayStation 2, and it was... Yeah, not the way to play the game. I'm sure I probably would have liked it if I would have played on a computer. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So. It sounds like torture to play it without a keyboard. Yeah, it was not fun at all. So, sorry EverQuest. You know, I don't, podcast. I mean, I don't know. Is there is there many MMOs that controller compatibility works real well? I'm try, I was trying to think of some. Uh, there are probably some Korean MMOs that have controller support, I would guess. Mm -hmm. I tried playing one and just... It's just so hard because you got the taskbar and there's so many things that you want to do with your characters and then you're just really limited by having the right. controller. I would like to play one with a controller, but they just haven't designed one that works with them. I'm trying to think of like all that there is. I mean, Elder Scrolls probably wouldn't be too bad for using a controller since... Well, they, they, it is on consoles, so... Yeah. Like that and Final Fantasy XIV, those are on consoles now that you can still play. Um... Yeah, I don't know if the PC version of 14 has controller support. I honestly never even touched it. <laughs> so I just played DC, with the, the DC Universe. That's, that one, I think that works real well. I don't know. I you, I, speaking of controllers, I just want to say this, you know, and kind of goes into my, my console uh, plan. I've been doing a lot more than I have PC. Is I have been, I, I have both versions of Diablo on the PC and for the PlayStation 4 and I'm going to tell you coming from a hardcore uh, recovering PC master race kind of guy uh, Diablo on the PS4 with a controller is absolutely a great experience I agree uh, I highly highly if you have not or you you're one of the <coughs> recovering PC master race people like me and you haven't had the opportunity uh, please do. It is, it is as solid as it gets. Probably on my top five console games, 
of all times as far as mechanics and not storyline or anything else but pure mechanic wise in the, in the type of game it is with a controller is i have so much fun i never get tired of it and i i i get annoyed of grind a lot but they're they're always making changes to this day i think they just uh not too long ago they just had a new new Wait, patch released are they still patching the console version oh too? absolutely oh, both listen ends? seriously that's they, great the the latest one that just came out adly it, it's like it's like playing a different game I would if, totally if you stepped away from diablo for a while uh in the last couple of months go i'm, I'm only speaking for playstation 4 but I go go pick that game up right now and go play it again. I think they stopped it's, it's updating a, the PS3 version. Because that's the one I have, the uh, Ultimate Evil Edition, whatever it's called. Well, that's great because hopefully then the people that work on the PS3 can move over to PS4 and help those guys and make sure that game stays exactly where <laughs> <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> I have no problems with that whatsoever. Don't want anyone losing their jobs. Hopefully they're just being shuffled right on up, you know. Yeah, knowing Blizzard, they probably are. <laughs> Yeah, the guys that were uh, given the statistics for WoW subscriptions, they got fired. That's why they didn't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shots yeah. fired. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want anybody losing jobs. They just shuffled them to somewhere else. That's all it was. Well, I will say, as a person who likes console gaming more, I liked Diablo better on console than on PC. Because I just hey Preach, hate the assessing click. Preach. I hate yes. just click, 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 click. I, that was the part too. I am. I listen. I love clicking my mouse. I just <laughs> after a while, for so many years, if if I had, to, I just couldn't do it. it. There's just no way I can't do it. it it's like um, my my wife has told me just normal clicking alone has kept her up sleepless nights. So. If I want to get any good quality gaming in, I kind of do it when the wife's asleep or, my, my, you know, the kids are asleep. And But it doesn't matter because my wife will come in there and she goes, would you please stop? And it's the mouse. Click, 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 click. Yeah, it's brutal. I understand, Zach. I understand. They just feel awkward to me, like playing but with them. But this is also coming from somebody who has a mechanical keyboard that sounds like a... A force is being bombed in Vietnam. You mean yes. like this? Yeah. <laughs> Carpet burning. That's that's yeah. the term I was thinking of. It's this is the reason why I don't I'm play Heroes of the Storm. Your desk, Zach. That keyboard is. <laughs> this, I'm is just the, this is why I don't play Heroes of the Storm as much as I probably would have. It's just I don't. The clicking of MOBAs just. I, I don't like it. Well, that that's two subjects. If. If you don't mind, speaking of MOBAs, I'm going to put that to the side for just a second. But Heroes of the Storm, what do you think? Are you, are you a MOBA person? I am not a MOBA person except for Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> because it's, I think it's... It, that's funny you said that. You're not the only person um, that I've heard say that. That's interesting. Explain that. I want to hear your thoughts about that. Uh, I believe I wrote an article on this a while ago. But I think that Blizzard has decided to get rid of all the stuff in the genre that doesn't actually make any sense. <laughs> okay, uh, Brandon, have you ever played like League of Legends or anything like this? I have never touched them. Okay, so you, but you have a basic idea what they are. I do, and I hear that 
once you get past the initial curve, which can take some times, that they can be fun. Uh, they but. can be, yes. But it depends on... The, the, the problem... Okay, so here's my fundamental problem with MOBAs. The problem with MOBAs is that the origin of the entire genre is that it comes from a mod that was made of Warcraft 3. And... The fact that it's a mod means that it was just kind of like randomly put together from assets and the art style of Warcraft 3, right? So it has a lot of these elements. It has like the Lich and it uses the heroes from that game and kind of like shoehorns their abilities in. And so it has all this like disparate stuff. And it's all jumbled in and the whole reason why it has like shopkeepers on this like competitive map is because of the the reason that Warcraft 3 had shopkeepers, all this kind of stuff, right? And the reason why it has leveling is because of the whole leveling thing in Warcraft 3, etc, etc, etc. You can go on and on and find tons of examples. So, what happened is that when developers decided to make, like, full-fledged retail releases of uh, Dota, there's Dota 2, and then there's League of Legends, both of them are relatively similar. You still got the shopkeepers, you still got the we sit in the lane for 20 or 30 minutes, leveling up before we actually finish a game. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then Heroes of the Storm is like, uh, you know, maybe we should like take away some of these elements that are kind of senseless and don't actually add anything to the game. There you go. And that's Heroes of the Storm. You nailed it. I, I agree 100%. And, and that's what makes Heroes of the Storm fun is because... And you know that's what cool. makes Blizzard good at yeah. what they do. They strip. That's what down. makes them good. They they're like, okay, what demographic are we missing? What you know, what demographic within the gaming community? You know, how are we going to bring those people who didn't touch World of Warcraft or was maybe uh, touched a little bit and just you know didn't? How do we get those people? That's what they're really good at doing. You know, and they might not keep them for long. But, you know, as initial, you know, release numbers uh, are, they're very successful, th those first release dates of their games. I mean, it's, it's brilliant how they do it. It really is. If you, can, you can say a lot about Blizzard and the things that they do, but you cannot argue with their, their game design, their marketing, their strategy, and everything that they do. Uh, Diablo, playing it, me today, playing it on the... I, I've never visited a game really that long and that intense like I have. I mean, they once again, as bad as the publicity was for when Diablo was released, they managed to keep everybody to stick with it and made it better. And that's 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 the mark of a, of a good, successful company. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what Blizzard does. I mean, their games are not the most complex or the, the ones with, right. that are the deepest or the ones right. that you're going to like play forever. But... They know how to, like, hook you in, and then they let you go a little bit, and then, like, hey, guys, new update, which is kind of what they do with Hearthstone now. Yeah. <laughs> like three months. They're just like, hey, guys, buy new cards and stuff like that. So. so Heroes of the Storm, easiest one to get into for a MOBA? Yeah. Brandon, if you want to play at some point, or actually, you know what? Here's a free call to anybody. If you want to play Heroes of the Storm with me, just please message me. I'm going to. You talked me into it. Yeah, let's let's play, man. Let's play. Here's the storm. Let's do it. Okay. And then ne next podcast, we'll report how that how it turned out. Yeah, actually, we will. there we go. 
Yeah. There I, we go. I like Heroes of the Storm a lot. It's just sometimes I don't feel the motivation. And if I have people telling me, Zach, we got to play Heroes of the Storm, I'll go, okay. And I, I promise I won't let Blizzard use their Jedi mind tricks on me to make me fall in love with it. Like, you it will won't happen. Inevitably. I will have strength this time. You'll fail. Mobas for me just have that initial scare factor. Like if I wanted to try to start playing Counter Strike now. Yeah, but if you play with friends, it's it's not so scary. Is there is there microtransactions in Heroes of the Storm? Uh, there I think are. There, is. there are in terms of like buying characters and costumes and stuff, but that's okay. that's about it. Cosmetic. Yeah, the free. Okay. Well, the the heroes are not cosmetic, but they have like ten to twelve of them free every week, and they rotate so. There's usually a good selection, and I ended up buying most of them <laughs> in the last sale. So, it wasn't there some major change that they made recently? Heroes of the Storm. Uh, they're Was there like anything? revising the talent trees for like every single character. Something to do to make it fair. So, yeah, I, I like playing the two-player character myself. He's the most fun. <laughs> Basically, two people control the same character. It's like insane. That is insane. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm surprised they don't have the Lich King as a character. They do. They do. Do they? He plays Arthas. Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is... I don't want to just talk about here. Brandon's hooked now. Lich King's in it. I'm in. Throw, you throw down, your you money. Down? Throw your money at the screen right now, Brandon. I can see him. He, <laughs> he's doing it. Thump. <sighs> see, but that won't even help my Steam library. Uh, Blizzard. No, They're mind tricks. <laughs> Yeah, don't play Dota. That's that's what I'm gonna recommend. Don't play Dota. Don't play League. Play Heroes. <laughs> so, how, how much have we got to talk about Star Wars? By the way, what about Star Wars? I, I just I didn't, didn't know if, since every podcast I've listened to at least dropped Star Wars in it. I just wanted did, did we, we did we did we drop Star Wars with Knights of the Old Republic? Or? Yeah, we we talked Old Republic. Yeah, we talked. Old okay. Republic. Also, right. I haven't seen Episode Seven, and because if you guys want to talk a little Good. bit more about it, that's okay. I know it's <laughs> probably hadn't, but. I, I haven't seen episode seven, so I'm just. You should. It's good. Throw that out there. Yeah, me and the movies. Haven't seen a lot of movies lately. <laughs> yeah, I'm horrible about watching movies. People always get mad at me because I've never seen stuff. I haven't seen any of the newer James Bonds at all. Or. <laughs> yeah, you actually, I wouldn't be that. Now, new. Mad. Describe newer. Like any of the it. Daniel Craig like movies. Like Daniel Craig, really? Yeah, I haven't seen any just, of them. Uh, uh, Casino Royale. It's definitely the best of all. The quality of the don't and by the no one send me hate mail about that either. By the way, <laughs> I'll also buy movies and then never watch them at home. Yeah, good job. Yeah. So it's like a it's like actually like a physical Steam library just sitting full of DVDs and Blu-rays. They just uh, sit there and just don't get played. Sir, you're a curator. Yes, I have them. Just for not on Steam. Pieces. <laughs> I think the That's only things I watch are Lord of the Rings, and then I'm okay. What what else do we have for a top? Okay, Wait, I wanted to talk about this Bayonetta guys, thing. Yeah, this Bayonetta right. thing came up on on Theology Game University. So here we go. We're gonna integrate the podcast with the Facebook group. Look at this. We're gonna start getting deep now. Look at look. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening now. Anyway, okay. So um, I posted that Bayonetta two was getting re released or reprinted or what whatever Nintendo's doing because. The initial run didn't sell that well, as far as I know. 
because uh, Bayonetta is a, a divisive game, and it has apparently been an especially divisive game in TGU every time it seems to be brought up. Some Somebody seems to get uh, either miffed or angry or really offended by the very concept of the game. Would, would you all agree about this? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It, it doesn't go away, the controversy about it. I don't. I don't know why. It's. I. I can understand it, but we've every time somebody, somebody always uh, chimes in and then says that they. Uh, they don't like it, <laughs> or they don't like the themes or the ideas in it. So, what do you both think about Bayonetta? Just. Just curious. I have only played the demo, but I agree with where they're coming from about how it can be uncomfortable from the outset of just not knowing fully. Like, because you sit there and you see witch and fighting angels and demons and her, yeah. like, that's all you get. And it's, I don't know if I'll ever get around to playing it. I'm never ruling that option out, but it's still something I wrestle with. But the thing that usually bothers me that, that or doesn't bother me, which it bothers a lot of people, is a scantily clad woman. I'm like, that's even not that big of a deal to me in the game. Like, that's. A lot of people want to talk about that and thought it was weird with her being in Smash Brothers and when she does some of her moves, like her hair comes off her body too and that, but it's, I don't know. I think it's just the overall whole theme of the game. And, 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 it, and you mentioned Smash Brothers. Yeah, also. she is in Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. That's why right. they are I, There might be something to that. I, th I think she, uh, she just came out, I think. Yeah, February, when? Was it last? Yeah, last week. And everybody's kind of like in a frenzy about it. And when we sit here and we talk about, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the theological part of that, but that doesn't even register on most people's schedule because, or because when you're a Christian, like the Christian gamers who want to play this game is very small compared to just people being upset about her being a scantily clad woman. So like, I'm thinking a lot of the whole angels and demons and her being a witch isn't as big of an issue for most people because it's not even on their radar. Yeah, like, it wasn't really a problem for me either. <laughs> when it came out like five years ago, the initial five, six years ago the game is now? I, I think it's on uh, Wikipedia will let me know. It's got all the answers. Uh, it was 2007. For Bayonetta or Bayonetta? No, no, sorry. Sorry, looking the, at the wrong statistics. The original one I think came out in 2010? In, the original, in America. In America. Yeah, because 2009 in... Uh, Japan, it's yeah. like. Or Orange Box came out 2007. There you go. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. I, I was, <laughs> that explains that. So, uh, Sean, what do yes. you think about Bandana? I, I'm just curious. Um, well, to be honest, I thought it was just jumping on the Devil May Cry bandwagon. So, I really didn't put put a lot of thought into it. I jumped in it. Uh, I played the demo, like, um, you know, like, I don't know, maybe maybe an hour or so possibly i played the demo and um i don't know i just got a devil may cry feeling out of it it was just like here we go again huh. you know would, so would you be surprised if i told you that the director of the original devil may cry is also the director of bayonetta no i actually did know that and that's <laughs> originally what spurred my interest in it but so it yes i did it didn't spur your interest too much no, well, you know, I thought it was just, you know, they just took Dante and just, you know, 
made his features a little bit more dep- uh, appealing to 13 year old kids who are into you know it's a great marketing plan honestly that's the way i feel it's it's a it's a good game don't let me say it's not it's just i don't know it's just one of those that i, I really think it was just maybe getting on you know in that play style it's not unusual you know for sega uh, so you know i just thought it was more just the same and so you know i it never the lollipops hilliner and you know <laughs> what are we what are we trying to do here it's, you know it's very, what are, what are me, we selling are we selling a game or you know it's just you know it's just that whole thing just kind of you know well, I think one of the funny I'm things thinking, with the design. These guys went from Sonic the Hedgehog to Bayonetta. Okay, yeah. I don't know. People want to bash on her design, and I think a female was actually the one who helped draw her for yeah. the most part too. So, and that's why they did like the low cut like back dress. And the only time you ever see her scantily clad, it's like it happens in an instant. You don't really get a chance I, to focus on it when you play the game. Beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it's part of her, you know, female anatomy, where the case may be. I, to be honest with you. Um, I at the time it was coming out, I was really looking beyond those kind of things. So that, you know, you, if you wanted to approach it, if somebody wanted to approach it from that angle, as far as you know, she was, you know, too voluptuous, wherever the case may be. You know, first of all, I'm glad that there's more, you know, women characters in games. So, you know, that is another aspect that I always, you know, like about it. But she is a witch as well. So there's a lot of con, you know, conflicting things that I was kind of going through my mind with this game. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's a very strange game, too. <laughs> I mean, it's like very forthrightly Japanese. And yes. That turns a lot of people off. Like, uh, Bayonetta came out a few months before God of War 3, I think. At least in America. Yeah. And, I but God of War 3 sold like, I don't know, Five or six times more copies than Bayonetta ever did, mm. but yeah, you know, Bayonetta is the controversial. Yeah, well, Bayonetta wasn't really made for us. I don't think they really made that with the West yeah. in it's mind. It's more made for people who like are here to just master these combat mechanics, like from ship to stern, because the game has so much depth that its player's guide is about five hundred pages long. Right. Yeah. Which it, is why, which is me. <laughs> which is why I think I should possibly be able to just toss the whole thing about the story just out the window because it doesn't really matter in the whole game's aspects. They just had to put something in there, probably. Yeah, basically, for those of you who don't either think it's funny or are entertained by Bayonetta as a character, which I am, you literally can just skip every single cutscene and really not even miss a beat. It, it, you know, uh, that's what I tell people. Just just play through the game and then just play through it some more. And then play through it more until you end up playing for 100 hours. And I'm okay if I don't play. Like, <laughs> it's not going to ruin my life if I don't play. Like, I'm going to be upset because each person has no, their it, own. It, it'll things. ruin your life if you don't. It will. Oh, man, I better buy Bayonetta 2 when it comes out. I better pre order. Hold on, let me go to GameStop.com. Yeah. See if you can get the one with the Bayonetta 1 included. I know that one's getting hard to find. That that's they said that that's going to become a collector item here pretty soon. Yeah, as you might be able to guess, I also got that. <laughs> so, but I, any excuse to play Bayonetta is a good one, in my opinion. I'm going to bring up another game that's kind of hints along that same thing we were talking about 
games that just kind of make you maybe spiritually uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm going to say Bloodborne. Bloodborne does. It's and actually Dark Souls probably too. Just, Dark, just throw them both uh, in there. Okay, okay. I'm for I'm sure about the, the hate one. mail's going to be coming now. I am just <laughs> telling you, be prepared. Go ahead, uh, Brandon. I'm actually. I, I'm curious. very interested in this. Yeah, I'm curious to get into the Dark Souls one about why that upsets people because that doesn't upset me nearly as much as the whole, you know, once you start getting blood involved and they talk about, you know, in the Bible, they talk about the importance of blood and the lifeblood and everything and it gets a little weird and I'm wondering about, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm wondering yeah, about Dark Souls, like, is it just because the whole soul aspect or? I think people get offended by the souls because of the soul aspect and Bloodborne by the blood aspect. Which is a really kind of facile way of looking at both games. But uh, I, I get mad because it's so hard. All that game frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like... Uh, let me get good at it. Yeah. Then I'm probably going to start not liking the other stuff. But i got to learn how to play it first before I really start not liking it. And, and I would say... I'm horrible at that game. Yeah. Well, everybody really is pretty... That and platformers. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's my t I don't know something about platformers. I so could, have you played Dark Souls? Like, are you played the original one or the second I've played one? them all. I've played them all. I, I've actually played the... PC version that came out that was abysmal. Um, uh, I played, I played, yes, I played the the uh, PlayStation version. Let's see, I played the second one on PC, and I have not. Uh, yeah, I have played Bloodborne on the PS4. I got it from Redbox because I was like. I don't know why you're going to play this, Sean, because you're just going to get mad because you don't know how to play these kind of games. I got mad. I didn't want to play the game anymore. And so, therefore, you know, when everybody has the conversations of, you know, Bloodborne, I'm just kind of I usually keep quiet. But um, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. What do you guys think? The whole HP Lovecraft stuff, too. I, I'm so tired of that comparison. Can we just set podcasters out there in this world? Not everything is Lovecraftian. Well, Just make up a word. I don't care what Bloodborne it is. Bloodborne is like totally Lovecraftian. Like yeah, it is, Dark though. Souls, it's not so, so much, but but like the whole plot of Bloodborne revolves around kind of a religion that started worshiping aliens from space. I I'm sure this is a say Cthulhu. I know you want to. And well, basically, yeah, Cthulhu. you can't have a Lovecraft conversation without saying. But a lot of well, it, it, like, there's actually a stat in Bloodborne called Insight and it grants you like perception and understanding and the higher it goes the more likely you are to see like eldritch horrors yes. and such. so it's yeah. in in a sense it's mechanically and lore wise accurate to the kind of cthulhu mythos love sort of <laughs> from what i've heard from people who've played it all the way through the story they say that it pretty much is a lovecrafting world like they just took something that maybe he created or could have and just made it like that's how close it is and i not sure if Miyazaki is... And it, and it starts out as, like, you know, kind of a Victorian horror setting sort of thing. Which which is cool. Like Dracula sort of thing. Which, which is nice, too. And then it just turns into this just crazy thing. Well, <laughs> well from... I could talk about the story, but I know <laughs> yeah, Zach wants to play crazy. it. Like, you want to play it, and I don't want to spoil any of the story, because I've from some of the stuff I've known, it's really weird, and that's some of the stuff that turns me off even a little bit more just because of how weird it yeah. gets see this is the whole reason i want a ps4 is to play bloodborne so please <laughs> don't spoil yeah. me. but the dark souls one that's 
I don't know why I see that as different, just because I see that as just like the dark fantasy world and the souls and it's I, I think you know, a lot of times it's just Japanese developers using terminology that Christians would often use but in a completely different context well also I think it's the in Japanese culture their their viewpoints on religion um, yeah you know I, I think that really does have a lot lot to do with it yes yeah, so they like snag elements from here and there yes and good and then, good way of putting it and yes. then they like in the video games right they'll take it like oh this is cool we'll take this from hinduism we'll take this from uh, christianity and then we'll make this like metaphysics in this universe that has all this cool stuff in it and then we'll just snag these names and nobody will be the wiser because well, uh in japan they probably don't care <laughs> well they're also making their own universe that doesn't really adhere to what happens here so it's all it's all fake and they're just yeah. tossing stuff like in dark souls <coughs> souls are like a they're not like the soul of christianity right you know how like yeah. people have souls and that sort of thing goes up to heaven etc etc in dark souls it's more like a, a power source it's a it's a thing that's born of the dark which is well, also a metaphysical thing in dark souls <laughs> well okay so as we're getting into the dark souls lore Pretty much all the people that you're killing in the game anyways, they're all undead, right? They all got the curse of the undead? Yeah, all the people who are alive, or appear to be alive at Dark Souls, are slowly hollowing out. Yeah. So, so like, you're undead, and you basically revive over and over again. You can never die. But eventually you'll go hollow, which basically means you've lost all your humanity. Yeah, and it doesn't really say because, okay, you're supposed to break the curse of the undead because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to stop this whole curse, right? Uh, well, that's what people tell you to do. So, if you go ahead and do that, it doesn't really say what happens to everyone who is undead or hollow, but it seems like going hollow is a bad, a really bad thing. Hollow, being hollow is a bad thing. <laughs> so, it's almost kind of like you're putting them out of their misery then? If they're already like going hollow and the hollows and undead are attacking you, yeah. Okay, so let's. Ex I'll, I'll explain this from the beginning. So this probably will make more sense. Okay, uh, Sean, do you, do you, you don't really care about Dark Souls lore, do you? Hey, listen, I love lore. I like, like I said, with I love storytelling. Bioware. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Like I said, the only thing with me is the mechanics and trying to learn how to play the game. I, I just the repetitiveness. Um, is really the only thing that story lore I'm, I'm all about it okay so let me let me explain from the beginning Dark Souls lore this is probably a spoiler in some way so if anybody's listening and they've not played through Dark Souls or don't want to be spoiled or actually didn't understand what the heck was going on in the game I suggest you like turn back now this could have got you $10,000 right here you know. yeah I know I know I know <laughs> okay so in the beginning well the contest isn't over yet is it yeah i think it ended today, yesterday uh okay yeah, one, of the, one of the two days whatever anyway we're too late yeah <laughs> so so in the beginning of dark souls there's a a vast a vast gray barren world and there's basically a bunch of trees growing on the ground that ascend high into the thing if you've ever been to the ash lake area of dark souls this is like how the world looked originally right and the only thing that exists in the Dark Souls world at this time is dragons, who apparently are all immortal, but who the heck knows? Not, nobody knows what happened then, because everything was just, there was nothing except for the dragons. But then, there was fire. 
fire came into the Dark Souls universe somehow. Whatever this might be, the spark of life, or somebody brought it in, it's the, the first flame. That's what they call it in Dark Souls lore, right? So this flame appears, and from this flame, there's <laughs> four souls that are found, right? And the four souls that come out of these are giant, powerful souls that grant those who hold them uh, kind of... I don't... I want to see deity status, right? They're like gods of the Dark Souls world. In, in terms of the Dark Souls game, there's four people that hold the souls. There's Gwyn. There's uh, Nito, who's the, the first of the dead. The Witch of Izalith, who is a powerful sorceress. And the quote-unquote furtive pygmy, who is the first human. Because humans didn't actually exist before then in the form of Did you human. say furtive? Is it furtive? Furtive, like F-U-R-T-I-V. Okay. That's usually what they call him when they're talking about But there's like four individuals in... They're basically like the four gods of the Dark Souls universe. And each of them was powerful and wanted to kind of carve out their own little area of the universe, right? So, the four lords are the... Uh, uh, they're the opposition to the dragons. And so, the four lords kind of unite together to kill all the dragons. And one of the dragons uh, betrays the rest of them at one point, and his, he's an albino dragon, and his name is Seath the Scales. And he is basically the one who uh, helps them like destroy all of the dragons and kill them. So what happens is basically the, the Lord, people who have the Lord Souls take control of the entirety of the uh, Lordran, which is what they call the kingdom that they establish, and this is what begins what's called the Age of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> So the Age of Fire is the Age of Prosperity, Growth, that sort of thing. You know, civilization. And basically that's why they call it Lordran, because the Lordran was founded by the power of the Lord Souls. And uh, human beings came into being and basically lived underneath the, the, the gods, right? So what happens, though, is the souls start dwindling in power, and the first flame begins to weaken, which kind of is the the fire has to fade at some point right with the threat of the fire leaving the lords have to figure out what to do to prevent the dark from occurring now the dark is an actual thing in dark souls the dark is like this just enveloping darkness and death that kind of takes over everything and it's the natural state of human beings is to be in the dark <laughs> yeah and this this has nothing to do with like sin or anything it's just that uh, darkness is the natural state of human existence. So what happens is that in Dark Souls, these the people who hold the Great Souls try these various methods to keep the the dark from spreading and from the first flame from going out. So what happens is the Witch of Easily tries to create a first flame, and she creates what's known as the Fires of Chaos, which kind of envelop her entire realm. It's just all destroyed. And then uh, Gwyn basically has to find out how to win, which is basically to, to keep the fire afloat, to keep the flame in, and to prevent the course of the Dark Souls world from going to darkness, which is its natural course, right? A fire that has to be kindled and the flame has to go out at some point. What happens is that Gwyn goes against the natural cycle, and he basically 
links his soul to the first flame, which is the, the end area of Dark Souls, hoping to keep it alive a little longer. So, and basically what happens is that because Gwyn does this, he proliferates the undead curse. And the undead curse is basically that, like, the, hu the undead always, the ever, all humans become undead and they always have to return to the flame because the fires are actually fueled by human bones. <laughs> yeah, this huh. gets pretty, uh, it's pretty dark. <laughs> and this is just the first one. Yeah, like, no, that's why you use homeward bone, right? Yeah. To get back to a bonfire. Huh. Right. Stuff like that, right? Ah! Yeah. Makes it, it's, sense. It's literally kindled by the undead. And, uh... Huh. Of course, Gwyn linking his soul to this is what is the cycle. This is what causes Dark Souls to have sequels. <laughs> is that there's this... Basically, somebody always has to keep relighting the first flame. Because isn't that the over big choice at the end of the first one? Yes. But the problem is nobody quite knows what's going to happen if the flame isn't lit. Like, people tell you to light the flame because that's the thing you're supposed to do, right? The video game character is supposed to light the first flame. But lighting the first flame, like, you die. <laughs> is that a good ending, or is it a bad ending? Is darkness okay, or is darkness not okay? Like, people in Dark Souls have agendas. That's what makes it interesting. Each of them is subscribing to an idea or a, a mythology of what is actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Is dark good? Is the fire good? Is it good to keep the Age of Fire continued? Is it good to let the Age of Dark happen? There are always two opposing sides, and everybody's got their own idea of how things should go. We don't know what happens when the first flame goes out, other than darkness returning. Uh, the DLC kind of gives you a better idea of what happens, the dark and the abyss. And Is that when you go fight Artorius and everything and you go down? Yeah, Artorius gets sucked into the abyss, which is a totally different thing. But in general, that's that's kind of the, the story of Dark Souls. There's a lot of nuance here and there. And Well, I don't, I don't know if they've done it yet, but I've definitely sent an, uh, an anime series coming from this. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't scream an anime, anything, somebody's not making the right kind of decisions up, in, up the corporate ladder. Well, I, it's mostly... You hear that? It, the Dark game... Souls, if you make an anime, you got to give me part of the money from my idea. <laughs> but, but the interesting thing, right, is I, I told you what my interpretation of the story is, right? That That's about as clear as it's going to get. Uh, that's, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm going to roll with that. Be, sure. Because the, the game is not, just like it's difficult in its mechanics, it's difficult in its story. Right? You're in the world at a time when things are not necessarily clear, and nobody cares right. to explain them to you. Because, um, you know, either people are telling you what to do, or people don't care, or are self-interested, yeah. and that sort of thing. That's but a very good point. You basically, if you look through item descriptions, and you see where you find things in the locations of stuff, it's it's all this kind of archaeological dig to like figure out the story of Dark Souls, and figuring it out through exploration, and introspection and thinking about these things and it's it's only a game that could exist if the internet was real because you yeah needed, that that's a yeah. very good point and you needed this mass of people to like assemble the story <laughs> i just run around and kill crowdsourcing things. the story yeah and this yeah. is what makes it a unique like video game story right it takes advantage of being a video game 
to make it so that people have to like figure it out as a video game and not as like a book or a movie or you know some other media that exists it's unique to video games mm. a story like this couldn't exist outside well, of a video game and the lore's there if you want it if you don't want it you don't have to partake in it at all yeah no <laughs> you don't have to at all which is the, the most fascinating part like if you're here just for the challenge is great too yeah, like I said, I don't know what's going on there besides what it told me in the beginning of the game. I just run around and kill things and go to the next area. I mean, I think some of it can be just, it seems today in a culture, everything that we do has to have a meaning or there has to be something behind everything. There, or a Wikipedia page dedicated to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't just sit there and, like, if you were to talk to maybe someone from Dark Souls, now this might not be the case, be like, hey, why did you do this? Because it was cool. <laughs> because we wanted to like that's just what we wanted for our dark fantasy world you know yeah. there doesn't need to be a meaning behind everything yeah it, no but it's just it is a very neat game and it has an, a story but it has lots of interconnected stories that form this like cohesive metaphysical vision of a certain right. kind of world which actually continues into the sequel which has other connotations and i, I suppose the third game will too but i have no idea <laughs> I have found the community to be really, really great. Like the community is really strong in that game and everyone is like usually very helpful unless you're getting trolled by someone coming in invading your game. But <laughs> and like- you will, I, And you will, you will have those. But it it's, it's very, like everyone usually, like it seems like the discussions are usually good. You go into forums and people like discuss things or like trying to help out. Like it's a very, very good community. Yeah, because everybody's kind of in this together, right? It's, it's hard. It's difficult, and the game doesn't really teach you anything, but everybody together can help each other out. It's kind of like the basis of a community, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for Dark Souls 3 because I came to the party late with Dark Souls, and I probably won't have these ones beat by them, but I want to experience Dark Souls 3, the beginning with everyone, and figuring stuff out together instead of having all the stuff laid out for me that yeah, I can already like, look up. Right. I'm, I'm kind of seeing that in The Witness, too. That same thing. Yeah, The Witness can be a game similar to that, right? It seems like Dark Souls had a lot of influence in the past, like, four or five years for, like, game difficulty and the way people are presenting things. And and that's really cool. I don't know too much about The Witness. Uh, it's basically a series of puzzles on a, on a pretty island. Oh, I won't I, lie. I have it. I have not started it yet. Um... I've heard mixed things about it, but I think it's because... It's just going to be an impenetrable game to most people. And, it, and it's because it's very much based upon a single puzzle in which they constantly show it to you and also change the rules of it and other puzzles link it to other puzzles. And it, yeah. <laughs> like and it, gives me, every, it, it gives everybody a chance to talk about Jonathan Blow when everybody's kind of burned out on Kojima right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, to me, this game is nothing like the witness just i probably will never be able to play it or finish it because the kind of puzzles that are in it are the kind of things that just drive me mad yeah. i'm already confused just watching a video of it right now I, I've, I've intentionally avoided let's plays and anything not trailer whatever i'm, I'm i want to go into it with an open mind and um will be happy to report what I come up with. I, 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 I don't, I'm trying to avoid podcasts, which is hard to do because I know everybody's talking about it, but um, I, I, I'm, 
I'm really going to go into the open mind with the least amount of exposure as possible. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping it's going to be a good experience. I personally never really played um, puzzle games. I know that coming from a PC background, there was Mist, and so that and like, that was Mist was a, a lot of people's uh, early exposure to PC games, and I think I know some people that played Mist that played Witness and they just absolutely love it and. You know, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah, please tell us about it because I will. I you know, will. A lot of people have been playing it or not talking about it on TG for whatever reason. All there right. was like an initial influx, and then nobody was saying much. If you are, if you do not like spoilers, then you know, watch out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it looks like a game I'd want to spend forty dollars on. It's it's uh, I completely understand that completely understand that. Yeah, like adventure um, games, I, I it's not that I don't I hate them or anything. I just I just cannot play them. <laughs> I just never I can never understand. <laughs> I tried I tried real hard. Walking simulators. <clears throat> yeah, that sort of thing. Just it just doesn't do it for me. But if you like that sort of thing. I'm sure The Witness is probably one of the better ones. Out well, I'm going to tell you, it's funny. The, the reason why I kind of got into adventure games is, one, they're they're cheaper from a, from a PC perspective. Yeah, um, plus, they're also, it's one of those games that if you have a mid-range gaming laptop or a low-end gaming track, they'll pretty much run on just about anything. So there's also the, the ease of access, the you know, I, I, they kind of lured me to it. I, I'm on different kinds of laptops, work and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll go out of town for work, and I'll have, you know, a laptop, and it's probably not like a gaming laptop or anything. But I want to play something, but uh, you know, just you know, sleep in my hotel room and just kind of wind down. I always pop an adventure game. I might not even finish it or come close to getting halfway to it. But for me, that there's that appeal as well. You know, I kind of like I like that part about it, but. As far as the favorite, I, I don't, you know, The Witness is probably, you know, a, a very serious exception to my <laughs> to my $40 what should I buy rules that I have. I mean, it's only because, I don't know, it's, it, it, I, I've really been looking forward to seeing what Jonathan Blow could do. And it's been, what, seven years? since Braid came out. So I think I, I, he announced it in 2009 that The Witness was a game he was developing. Right, I do remember that. I do remember that. Um, so, I know, there's the different aspects of it. It'd be nice to, to have. You know, Braid's almost it. eight years old. And besides, everybody's going to be talking about it for a month, so I need something as a reference point for conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Yeah, actually, I didn't like Braid either, so... Maybe I just don't like Jonathan Blow's games very much. I mean, I've never I, touched Braid. It, it, I mean, it's okay. Like once again, you know, it's it's it, it's mechanics, the kind of style of game it was. I you know, I don't know if a lot of people remember. Braid was coming out when Indie was just about to really get. I mean, if not, that game had a lot to do with Indie development really starting to come and and 
you know, under the scene. Yeah. And uh, I, I think a lot of it's, you know, nostalgia for the for that game in particular being a flagship into indie development to, to kind of where it is right now. Yeah, right. and now everybody's like addicted to pixel art. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A and I, I, from a development you know point of view, you know, there's there's also advantages to that as well. You know, it's for the time is it, the time it takes to develop a game. You know tools stuff like that so there there's a little bit i'm sure there's a bonus to dealing with that kind of artwork that kind of engine i don't know if i've ever actually played an indie game really that well the, that the lines think... are kind of becoming blurred now so i mean that doesn't surprise me it won't it won't surprise me if you start hearing that a lot more from people yeah, I, mean, I think i remember going on a hateful rampage on a bunch of the indie darlings at some point at least in review terms you know, thrown out one stars and such. Did you say a hateful rampage? Yeah. I don't know. They just, they never really clicked with me. <laughs> I won't discredit them because I, th it's... I think it was the art, the artsy pretensions more so than it was anything else that kind of like turned me on. Well, I mean, from a, from a PC, you know, perspective, I, I didn't play, you know, throw out all this cash on my PC to play pixel games yeah you know? so uh, that had a lot to do with it I, that once again it's one of those games I'm sure i'll throw it on the laptop yeah like, it was uh, like when i played journey i was just it's totally turned off right <laughs> in like every possible way you cried during journey don't no lie. i hated it yeah, passion, and i still do and i wrote like two or three thousand words on it <laughs> he, cried. he cried brandon so we'll get journey, that podcast don't later. play <laughs> okay not gonna no, play no, no. Journey. <laughs> no, you, if you want to think about it, and you know, a lot of people did like it when it came out. I, I do remember that much. And, and it got a PS4 re-release, didn't it? Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it did. It just doesn't look fun to me. I'm only buying it once. That's for sure. Well, you know, once again, there's that conversation. What, what, what is a game? No, no, we're not. We are not gonna have that conversation right now. I said there is that conversation. There is that conversation, but we're we not having it. We've done you, that conversation. You mute my microphone any way possible yeah. if I bring that up. <laughs> Please. That'll divide people up just as much as the Bayonetta conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? If you want to read my 5,000-word-long article on Bayonetta or my 5,000-word-long review of Bayonetta 2, go right ahead. You know, I'll do that while my just cause of load screens take 5,000 years to come up. <laughs> Jeez. Anybody? I don't know. Play, fix it. They said that supposedly there was a patch that fixed it. It still takes forever. So, I have a question about Bayonetta 2 since we got back around to this topic again. Yeah. What is the story actually about? Uh, quick version? Yeah, just give the quick version, the quick rundown. She's uh, a witch. There's, there's three different realms. There's uh, Pur Purgatorio, Paradiso, and Inferno. Paradiso and Inferno both want to, like kill everything and take over all three realms. There's a group called the Lumen Sages and a group called the Umbran Witches and they've fought an eternal war. Uh, Bayonetta is the product of a relationship between the Umbran Sages and the Lumens. The Umbran Witches and the Lumen Sages, so she's kind of like a half-breed. And so she has like the power of purgatory, of like both. Which is like weird. <laughs> Anyway, Purgatorio. Like the witches, yeah, the Purgatorio is like the human realm. They, they 
kind of emphasize this. But anyway, it's it's mostly like beating cool things up. I was gonna say, it just sounds weird. Yeah, no, the plot's totally like in in terms of like the the, the whole universe, like total nonsense. But it's just like a basic story of like identity crisis. Well, because doesn't she? I thought I saw one of the. Does she like pledge or something to the? dark side. I know this sounds like Star Wars. Well, she became a witch. I'm sure there was some pledging going somewhere. Yeah, dark. I think the Umbran witches have to, like, no seal themselves off with a, a demon of some kind from the, the netherworld. So, do they ever really say, like, is there any actually, like, good or bad in the game, or is it just all pretty much No, neutral? everybody sucks. So... And Bayonet is, like, kind of the unifying, like, good person, but not really... I mean, the game has kind of a light touch about all of it. It's not really too serious. I was like, it doesn't sound like it. No, no, it's not. Because I remember when I was, we talked about this, like, uh, this was probably a couple weeks ago, and I started watching some gameplay video. I'm like, this looks just like an 80s action movie yeah, with some swearing and just crazy, just plot that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and in Bayonetta 2, you go down to Inferno, and, like, you get pissed off because... They, you know, they steal your friend's soul down there. You just decide, hey, I'm just going to beat everybody up instead. So, hmm. <laughs> even though technically you're supposed to be down there, and um, you know, I, I think hers is called Madam Butterfly or something. Is her uh, demon friend or something? Anyway, <laughs> that's also, a horrible demon friend name. Yeah, I know, right? Madam Butterfly. Yeah. I will still have to keep Bayonetta on my list of games that I might play. I might break down and play it. Who yeah, knows? Please, please break down. Please break down. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I'm gonna break down if I, I'll break down and learn how to play um, Dark Souls. If you break down and play that, uh, and we'll compare notes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, I'm sure you your mind will be a lot more frustrating. If you play Dark Souls, you should just ask people for help. If you don't want to do it by yourself, because you know I'm I'm willing to provide plenty of help. Oh, I'll have to. I, I won't have time. I'll have to. Yeah. Absolutely. And now that you've so graciously given us the lore behind it, it's going to add a little bit more of incentive. I hope so, because I, yeah. I, you know, it, it'll make interesting. I, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to pick it up because I have heard people actually in my same position go, "Man, just, just keep at it, keep plugging away, yeah. don't give up. Trust me." That's exactly like, what happened to me. The first so time I I'm, played I'm it, I'm hoping I'll fall into that statistic yeah. for sure. I played Demon Souls the first time, I hated it. Then I played Dark Souls the first time, I hated it. Then, for whatever reason, like, somebody was saying, you know, you should play Dark Souls. And I'm like, okay, I'll finally play Dark Souls. And then I, like, obsessed for about two or three weeks and finished it. Poof. Now, I'm, I like, Dark Souls is great. I think I'm using too much help. That's almost a crutch in making the game not as fun as it probably could be. Like, I think I need to let myself experiment and explore a little bit more before I start running and digging for help. Yeah, especially on boss fights, you should really just, like... Just put your nose to the grindstone and learn the boss strategies, and it'll be a I've lot I've heard fun. that. I've yeah. heard that. Because mm -hmm. finding out your own way to finish it is the more interesting part, at least in my yeah. mind. Yeah, I started trying to write about this, but I feel like by looking at all the FAQs and videos, I'm playing a game as someone else wants me to enjoy instead of myself and having my own experiences that could be mine instead of someone else's. Yeah, there's truth to that. I think for looking up where, like, stuff is, certain things, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not, like, the whole entire thing. 
yeah, I'm like, I'm not saying probably that it's bad to get help, but I shouldn't be. Okay, I'm going to go to this area next, and I'm already going to know what's there, where oh, to go. Yeah, don't look up stuff in advance. I, like, I play, the first time I go through an area, play I just play completely blind. Because I don't want to know anything that's going to happen. I do too. And then, I, then after that, right, if I want to find extra stuff, I look in the guide, or I look up online to find certain items. Or if I get really stuck, I think it's okay to ask for help. Like, I really just don't know what to do. And lost, be like, okay, I need help. Yeah, you have to be, like, totally lost, <laughs> So, but I was trying to relate that back to my faith, and I think I've sometimes done that in faith where I look to other people for... Hold on. Let me see how I worded this, because I have it written down. But, like, trying to get help from other people more than trying to experience my faith myself. Hmm. And uh, looking for god through other people's experiences instead of my own oh. that's an interesting way that's you know what? you don't don't spoil it for us you should actually think about writing this i actually do have it written down and i'm gonna uh, it needs to be proofread but i got a copy of it okay. so well i have forward to that <laughs> so i'll have to send it to you and you can proofread it yeah certainly Okay, I, so, I've, I've always enjoyed your stuff, Brandon. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, That's because I'm a noob and I have lots of questions. Oh, yeah, well, that's great. Noob, it's fine. Being a noob, yeah. Being a noob is awesome. Yeah. It means you get to learn all sorts of stuff that we already know. Sweet. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the learning process is the fun part. Well, I like learning. That's the thing. Is like I've learned even a lot from uh, listening to the Theology Gaming Podcast. Like I'm going to... Uh, which podcast was it? I remember it was talking about like the mark of the beast and something that had to do with Nero and the putting of ashes on their head and like burning incense to him. Like people thought that that was like the mark of the beast or something like that. I'm like, that was like, definitely a podcast. I just care. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed that one. Well, I heard that and I'm like, I did catch the Paulo one. So like, <laughs> like that blew that my mind. List. Yeah. Well, if but you've that, got a time to listen to all 110 something, guess. Yeah. I've been flying yeah, through once just again while I'm waiting time. for Just Cause to go in between, you know, in load. That's when I try to squeeze everything in. Yeah, and now Bro, both of you down. are part of the Theology Game podcast. Woohoo! How does awesome. it feel? It feels, oh, it's, feels good. I like it because it's a different experience. This is something that I didn't think I would do or would be scared to do but it actually ended up being a lot easier and very informative so i really enjoy it i think you're doing a great job Brandon. so i've thought about schooling now i don't know if i'll do it but the thought has crossed my mind so we'll see what happens with that yeah Brandon, you also have a lot of good questions on facebook site i enjoy enjoy watching a lot of your questions that you have they're they're really good they're, qu they're questions I ponder on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah, and that, I think that's what it is. It's a, they're, you know, it's stuff that we all think about. And you just you do a good job of, you know, pulling those questions. The ones that I've a lot of times, oh man, I wish I would have asked that. I'm glad he did. Good question. Well, I'll ask my wife a question, and she'll just kind of look at me. She's like, "How do you think of this stuff?" Like, it just thoughts that like never crossed her mind, and she's totally okay. Like, especially when it comes to like, I'll talk to her about video games and religion and how things 
come about and she's like i just play games she's like they're just games to her like, like she I tell my wife, listen, I, I just want her to talk about games with me. She's completely opposite. I, I, I'll take out the trash. I will cook dinner if you just play one video game. Just one. My wife encourages me to play games. And she plays with me. She likes watching me play games. It's great. She like, likes Pac-Man, though. She likes Pac-Man. But it, she, once again, it's a situation where it's got to be the right... It's got to be a, a full-size cab. It's got to be, you know... Has a quarter slot in it. She won't. She doesn't want to play this <laughs> Pac-Man or anything else. It's, you know, My so wife's big Final Fantasy. I'm, I'm well, going to have to order a full-size Miss Pac-Man cabinet, arcade cabinet, to put in my house just so my wife will start playing games with me. That'd be great. It's all about sacrifices, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Plus, I might well, make some quarters. We are cresting an hour and a half almost. I uh, know. And I've people always it. seem to complain about me about length. So, really? Yeah. I well, like the long ones. Good thing we didn't record the first hour that we were talking about stuff. Yeah, we good started. thing. Yeah. yeah. That'll be for a deleted episode. All right. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts from either of you? About no. I've enjoyed being on here. Hopefully I can be on again. Happy gaming. Dark Souls is a good game. Yes. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> Pretty much all I got. Yeah. And whenever I release my big long article on Dark Souls you'll, you'll know looking forward yeah. to it I wrote it a long time ago it just has editing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and the big long article on Metal Gear Solid 5 also also okay. lots of well, I haven't, haven't beaten that thank yet thank you for sharing that lore with us that was that was pretty impressive I hope that helped because as you play the game that all that stuff you'll see it well, if I played the game to learn the lore, I wouldn't know very much. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good thing you gave me that breakdown. <laughs> it's a game of observation and paying attention, and, and that reading. goes for the you know not dying and also for the like story. Yeah. Read every item detail. Actually, yeah, reading all that stuff helps. You'll see all sorts of names, and you go, "Who is this person?" And then you can just like go online, look it up. <laughs> oh. All right, anyway, I'll just talk about this all day. If you guys <laughs> I know, right? You can all bring right. back the Soul to Souls series. <laughs> yeah, actually, I would. I don't know if Ted's playing it anymore. And where is Ted? But you know how many people are playing it on the uh, TGU? It's crazy. Like, there's a lot of people going through Souls games right now. Yeah, what is yes. going on? Yes. Yeah, join, I think, everybody join in. Come on, join in. Oh, I think pressure. that speaks to the game and how good it is. And still, like, years after, people are still playing it and experiencing it. You guys are giving me, like, such a hangry to just play through Souls again. You got well, Lords I, of the Fallen. You got Dark Souls like. No, it's not the same. It's <laughs> weird. Lords of the Fallen. Mm. All right, I got. I got All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, so, everybody. No, no, no! Don't go! Don't go! I gotta don't do go. my outro. Oh yeah. On the next episode of Brandon Ball Z. All right. This is the Theology Gaming Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks, Sean and Brandon, for being on the podcast. Thanks both. If you liked listening to us ramble on about whatever the heck came into our minds every once in a while, uh, go on Theology Gaming on the iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And tell all your friends to give us a five-star rating. Yes. Yeah, it's great. We all love this. Just push, just click the mouse. That's all you have to do or touch the touchpad. That's it. That's that's it. I'm going on iTunes right now. I'm giving five stars. And if you could write a review, that would also be much appreciated. 
Also, if you'd like to ask us questions about anything that happened in this podcast, you can go to our Facebook group, which is called Theology Gaming University. It's free to join. It's also a closed group due to uh, user demand, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, and uh, we talk about theology and we talk about video games. Hey, so, that's where I met you guys. Go. Yep. It's awesome. So if you have any interest in either one, uh, we'd love to have you and uh, also ramble on about theology or video games. <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh sean we can find you at uh sean key hcg at twitter that's where i'm always at so and just one of the websites you uh christian dash gamer gaming.com sorry okay. christian gaming.com and uh brandon we can find you on tgu and on this podcast yes it may be writing soon maybe working on it working on it. okay working hard <laughs> All right, this is the LG Game Podcast. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.